Praise the Lord, saints. Welcome to St. Timothy Missionary Baptist Church. I am Deacon Pernell Jones, Jr., and this is our Sunday School Hour. All right, well, saints, as always, we are learning out of our Bible Expositor and Illuminator book for the months of September, October, and November of 2021. All right, well, our lesson for this week is entitled, A Blasphemer Stoned. All right, A Blasphemer Stoned. And we're in the book of Leviticus. So if you have your Bibles, please take a moment and, and turn to, uh, to uh, again, Leviticus 24, the 24th chapter, verses 10 through 23. So again, Leviticus 10 through 23. Uh, as over these last few weeks, we are uh, been uh, in the book of Leviticus. The children of Israel are have arrived safely at the at Mount Sinai where Moses first met the Lord, met our Heavenly Father, and spoke to him through a burning bush, and he has brought his children back. And we have been looking again at this time of, of them being at the base of Mount Sinai. All right, well, before we get started, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Most gracious and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask for strength this morning, Father. Ask that you, you give us the words to be said, Father. Let your Holy Spirit who is our true teacher, have his way, Father. He is our true teacher, Father. No man can receive any word lest it be by the Holy Spirit, Father. So, Lord, we just ask that you bless us, Father. You know what each and every listener needs this day, Father. Strengthen them, guide them, be the help that they need, Father. Enlighten our hearts and our minds with your word this day, Father. Lord, and always, as always, we ask that you give us a good time in your word. All these things we just ask in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, saints, we're going to be looking at, again, a blasphemous stone. All right. The Lord has uh, commanded someone's life be taken. We saw this a few weeks earlier in the high priest when they did not follow God's instructions. So, so these are challenging verses when, whenever we see, particularly here in the Old Testament, when when, when a life is taken. So we're going to take a moment and try to put it into context. Uh, as we go into this lesson, we're looking at that third commandment, all right? The Lord has said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. That's Exodus 20, verse 7, one of the, the third of the Ten Commandments. So we're looking at it being broken, all right? and the punishment that was required all right so again this is challenging but let's uh we're going to try to put it in into into context all right we know that the ten commandments god has just given them to moses and to the children of israel they entered into covenant relation they the children of israel became god's peculiar people all right now they're they're under the law the law of moses again the ten commandments all right well Scripture tells us and, and that the law was given that we might have a knowledge of sin. In other words, the laws of Moses were given that we might be aware of what sin is, what right and wrong is. All right. With that, we become convicted. All right. And I'll say the Israelites in particular, to stay in the application of the, of the verses, they become convicted when they know what the law is and and the justice that a holy God requires. And when, when the law is broken, 
then punishment was required. God would not hold them guiltless, all right? And they would learn as we look in our, in our verses today what that punishment was, all right? Well, you read those Ten Commandments and, and you read them, we read them today and, and, and we can see where we have fallen short, where all, not just ourselves, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the holiness of God, where we stand as unrighteous sinners before a righteous God. His word is perfect. We read it. There's nothing wrong with saying you shouldn't lie, steal, or kill. All right? We know it. Uh, but we are guilty of the sin that God has laid out in his Ten Commandments. Again, the law was given that we might be a, have a knowledge of sin, be aware of what right and wrong is. All right? But also, Scripture, scripture tells us that the law was a schoolmaster whose purpose was to bring us unto Christ, all right, to a salvation of faith in Christ, all right? And those who are in faith were not under the law. So that's a wordy verse um, in, in the book of Galatians, but what does that mean? In fact, Galatians 3, 24 through 27. So, uh, but, but, but what does that mean to be under the law, okay? To be a schoolmaster. In those ancient days of Rome, in those Roman days, okay, the men went off to war many times, could be gone for years. There was an individual who was the, and particularly would be a slave at times, whose job it was to be over the upbringing and the moral upbringing of the child in the, in the home when the father was gone. And their job was to be a, a schoolmaster. To teach the child what right and wrong is, just like the Ten Commandments. If I brought it in the 21st century application today, it's really just the role of the parents. Okay? What do your parents do? They, they raise the child up. Alright? So they don't grow up like a weed. They tell the child, don't lie, don't steal, don't play in the street. Alright? Parents tell you a lot. Don't touch the stove. Alright? They'll tell you what the laws are. But if, and you have a knowledge of the law in the house that you, whose roof you are under, all right, so we're not talking about being under the law in the biblical sense. We're talking about being under the roof of your parents. All right, don't lie, don't steal, don't play in the street, don't touch the stove. All right, those are the law. If you break them, you get spanked. All right, you face the punishment under the roof of your parents when you have broken the law that they compelled you to do. That is what God the Father is doing in the Old Testament with his children. He has given them a law written in stone that they cannot break, that they cannot, they, but that they cannot help but break because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It has made them aware that they are sinners and in need of a savior. All right. Well, that is how things, if we come back to that parental illustration, being under the roof, a day comes, a day comes when that child grows and matures and is no longer under their parents' roof. Let's say they get married, okay? You, you get married, find a spouse, you marry, and now you are no longer under your parents' roof. You're now married. But here's the thing. Now that you are no longer under your parents' roof and the laws that they compelled you to do as a child and, and spanked you when, you, when you when you broke them, do you now no longer being under the roof, decide to lie still, play in the street? No. The 
answer is no, you don't. That has been your upbringing. You have been schooled by your master, your parents. You have been taught and educated. You've been made aware of what's right and wrong, but now it is no longer a law that you are compelled to keep and written in unbreakable stone and stones that you are not allowed to break. Okay, It is now written on our hearts. The same laws. Now that you're grown and married, you don't decide now I'm going to start lying, stealing, and playing in the street. No, you at a heartfelt level keep the laws that were given to you. They are part of you and built into you. And the Holy Spirit that God has given us, the Holy Spirit brings all those laws back to your remembrance. And in a different application, it's like, remember what mama said. Now that you're grown and no longer under your parents' roof, the things that your mama told you and your parents told you, your dad told you, they come back to your remembrance. All right? That is how the Bible actually looks at it from a big picture perspective from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The children of Israel are under the Old Testament laws. They're getting stoned. They're getting spanked. They're doing all the hard labor for us because it brings them up to Christ. Well, they rejected Christ, but then we as Gentiles accepted him. And now we are not under the law. We are now married. <laughs> the Heavenly Father came to earth as his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all one and the same. But when the Father came to earth as his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he was the groom and we as believers are his bride. All right. We are married to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The church, the body of baptized believers are the bride. We are married again to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now that we are in a mature relationship, we don't lie, steal, kill, play in the street. All right. We have the Ten Commandments brought back to our remembrance by the Holy Spirit. We do not have to face the justice that, that they deserved in the Old Testament, the children of Israel. We are not facing the justice because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came, he died on the cross for our sins, and he paid the death that we're seeing played out in the Old Testament. All right, so now we do not have to die for our sins. All right. Our Lord and Savior paid that price. We are now covered in a righteous blood. We as sinners are covered in a righteous blood and are in a mature relationship where God himself has never left us nor forsaken us because he is in each and every believer in the form of the Holy Spirit, the third person. And the Holy Spirit will guide us. He will lead us. He will bring things back to our remembrance. He is that earnest payment towards, the, to, towards our heavenly home. He is that token within us that lets us know that we will be in heaven one day. And all we have to do is lean on him and not grieve him by deciding to do our own thing, which we can. But we are, as mature Christians, allow the Holy Spirit to bring back to our remembrance all that scripture says, all that God the Father, all that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all that the prophets has said uh, from hearing from God that scripture says 
the Holy Spirit will bring back to our remembrance. We walk in a mature relationship with our Heavenly Father under the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the urging of the Holy Spirit. All right, saints. Well, that's kind of a big picture context, but we're going to dig in and look into, uh, look into these very same truths. Um, Lord, just put something else on my heart as we look at the, the children of Israel. I, I think about uh, those laborers in the vineyard. Do you know that parable? I think that is very relevant. The laborers in the vineyard where a, a, a landowner owned the land and he wanted his, his field to be worked. So he starts in the morning offering a denarius, a, a coin, to individuals to work. And they see that coin and they say, great, I'd love to work. And they start working early in the morning. But throughout the whole day, the owner seeks more and more workers to labor in his vineyard. And throughout the day, he adds people. And then there's only an hour left to work in the day, but he keeps adding individuals. So those people who came in last, when it was time for payment, he lined the the owner lined, lined them all up and he put those who came in and only worked an hour at the front of the line and everybody else at the backward line uh, who worked the longer part of the day and paid them all that same denarii, that same one coin. Well, the people who worked the most the part of the day, they saw the people at the front of the line who only worked an hour and thought, oh, I know we said a denarii, one coin, but since he gave them a coin for just working an hour, I'm pretty sure he's going to give us a whole lot more money. Well, when he got to those people at the end of the line, they got the same thing that the first people got, and they were upset. They said, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound fair. Why should we get the same thing that they get when we work longer? And the owner said, it's my money. Am I evil because I choose to give them what I, you were very happy to work for one coin. All right. Well, the owner was perfectly right. The spiritual application of that is that coin is heaven. It doesn't matter whether you accepted Christ at the age of eight years old or the age of 80 years old. You will receive the same coin of heaven. You will be covered in the same blood for your sins as the, as the person who spent their whole life going to church and being there every Sunday and witnessing and ministering as the, the thief on the cross who accepted Christ at the last minute. Didn't even get a chance to get baptized. He's on the cross. But Jesus told him, this day you will be in paradise with me. All right. Didn't even have a chance to publicly express his salvation through baptism. All right. So, so that, is, that, that is the big picture. The Jewish community has bearing the brunt over all these years and laboring in the vineyard, facing smitings, facing stonings. They're doing all the work because they came first. But then when Jesus arrives, they don't get him till last. They're not, they rejected him. They're going to accept him in the book of Revelation, but they do not accept him now, collectively. The Gentiles who do not accept Jesus, accept God the Father right now in the Old Testament, all these individuals who are not uh, Jewish people have not accepted God. But when Christ comes, they will, although they came last, they're going to accept him first. That is what it means in that parable when it says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. The Jewish community shall accept Jesus last while the Gentiles accept him first. But God came to the Jews first 
and came to the Gentiles last. All right. Well, saints, let's look at our lesson today. And in the context of all that we've said, that was our, our longest explanation ever, I think. Uh, and uh, we're going to get through our verses. So Leviticus 24 and 10. Okay. And it reads, And the son of an Israelitish, Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel. And this son of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in a camp. So, so here's the setting. Again, children of Israel at the base of the, um, Mount Sinai. And uh, there's an Egyptian father and an Israelite woman. They have a child, a mixed race child, half Egyptian, half Jewish. All right. Well, this mixed race child, okay, he gets into a fight with another Jewish child. And in the midst of their physical battle, the mixed race child curses God. He breaks the third commandment. He has taken the Lord's name in vain. And I'll read it again. And the son of an Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel. And this son of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. So they strove, they fought. All right. And the Israelitish woman in verses 24, Leviticus 24, 11, it says the Israelitish woman, son, blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. So in the midst of the fight, he curses God's name and they brought him unto Moses and his mother's name was Shalomith, the daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. All right. So they fight. He curses God's name in the middle of the fight. Some they folks hear it. They grab him up and they and um and, and they bring him to Moses. All right. So 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 here's the thing about that we, we live in uh, two different times. Uh, today in 2021, going back to around 1445 BC, that's a good 3,000 years ago. There's a gap between what we perceive and what they perceive culturally. You know, geographically, the distance is great. Timeline, there's a distance. Sometimes we have to be able to put ourselves in people's shoes. To, to blaspheme a name, a person's name meant something in the Bible. We can go through, Jacob meant trickster. You name uh, uh, Going throughout scripture, people's names meant something. Today, Deacon Pernell Jones, that doesn't translate to much of anything. You know, grandma name, my father the same name, I'm the junior. All right? then your name meant something. To call someone out of their name, as hurtful as it is today, it had an even greater impact to call someone something other than what their name actually meant. And that was just among human beings. To call the Heavenly Father something out of his holy name. The Ten Commandments touch you know right then and there, that is sin, all right? And this sin has been committed. And when they've taken him to Moses, verse Leviticus 24, 12 says, and they put him in ward. In other words, they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shewed them. All right, so they put him in custody. So here's the thing. These are nomadic people, right? They've left Egypt. They're heading towards the promised land. They haven't gotten there yet, but they're at the base of the mountain. They don't have prisons. There is no <laughs> jail. People aren't locked up in the in the tribe of is in the tribes of israel 12 tribes 
as they travel. They, they're nomadic. They don't have prisons, but they have God's laws. And they want to, they clearly know he has broken the Ten Commandments, that third commandment. They want to know what God wants to do about it. So they brought him to, Mo, to Moses in custody so that they could find out what the Lord wants to do about this. What will be the punishment? So Leviticus 24 and 14 says, bring forth him that cursed without the camp. In other words, the guys who were fighting who were fighting, and this one who cursed while they're inside the camp, let's take him outside of the, the boundaries of the camp. Okay? Bring him forth that he, him that cursed without the camp, and let all that heard him lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregation stone him. Alright, so here's the punishment for the breaking of that third ten commandment. God is saying, if you heard him say it, I want you to come and put your hand on him. Okay? Lay your hand on his head upon him. And then let all the congregation, let everyone stone him. So this was a corporate response. Everyone was to respond. And it was, again, the punishment was death by stoning. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curses his God shall bear his sin. If you, whoever curses God, is going to bear the, the responsibility. They're going to bear their own um, weight for having committed this sin. Okay. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him as well the stranger. In other words, if there's some foreigner in your land who doesn't, you know, he will, as well as the stranger, as he that is born in the land. When, the blasph when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord shall be put to death. All right. So those who come in, whether you uh, Israelite or not Israelite, whoever you might be, if you come in to this camp, okay, and you blaspheme the name of the Lord, the punishment is death. Okay. Verse 17 says, And he that killeth any man shall surely be put to death. So now we have more law. God is saying, if you kill someone, okay, your punishment is your life will be taken. And it says in verse 18, and he that killeth a beast shall make it good, beast for beast. Well, if you take a human life, he says your life is forfeit. You will be stoned. You will be put to death. But if you take the life of an animal, someone's property, then you have to make them whole. Restitution. We may not talk enough about restitution as, as, a, as a way of, of meeting justice. To take the life of an animal that belonged to someone, it could have been an oxen or an animal that they used uh, for, for milking and for food. And if you take someone's value or asset from them, then you need to restore it. You need to uh, provide restitution, okay? Make that person as whole as possible, okay? And if a man cause a blemish in his neighbor, as he hath done, so shall it be done to him. So it says a blemish. So that doesn't mean just taking a life. Of a life, if his life was taken, that's one thing. But if you have done something that is, has blemished this man in some way, then you have to make him whole. All right. Whatever was done to that person 
will be done to you. Breach for breach, this is Leviticus 24 and 20, breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. So this, this, is, uh, this alludes to the verse that we know, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We tend to inaccurately or wrongly think that that verse means revenge. I'm going to get them back. They did something to me. I'm going to get them back. I got the right to get them back. No, that's the exact opposite. God is saying you cannot get revenge. If there is any revenge required, I, God, will take revenge. You are limited to justice. That means this is a cap, a salary cap. If someone has taken an eye, no more than the eye can be taken from that person in your restitution, in the justice that you will receive for what was done to you. All right. They cannot take two eyes for one eye. That is not godly. That is not what God allowed. If there is any revenge that needs to be dealt with, then God will do that. That is his domain, not the domain of man. Okay. Justice, the scales must be balanced. And that is what that verse means. And this is what we see in those initial speakings on that on that subject. When God says, breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall that same blemish be done into that man. All right? A limit. And he that killeth a beast, in verse 21, he shall restore it. And he that killeth a man, he shall be put to death. So again, a reemphasizing of the difference between the loss of a human life and the loss of an animal life. A human life will require a human life. But an animal death requires that restitution be made. The individual who was taken from must be made whole by that individual. Ye shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger. So when you have a foreigner come into your midst, they're going to be forced to abide by the laws of the land that God is laying out. You should have one manner of law, no two sets of laws. As well for the stranger, as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. And Moses spake to the children of Israel, that they should bring him forth that had cursed out of the camp, and stone him with stones. And the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded. So the children of Israel took the man who broke the third commandment, took him to Moses. Moses, uh, they petitioned to know what God desired of them. God laid it out very clearly and they executed it. And they executed the man by stoning. All right, this was done. This would give us, we should reflect back uh, in the future when there was a woman who was caught in not this sin, but the other Ten Commandments sin of adultery. All right? She has broken the commandment. We knew what the law said under the law. But we know what Jesus did. We know that, that familiar account as he wrote in the, in the ground something that no one knows exactly what he said. But it pricked the conscience of all the men who were standing around preparing to stone her. All right? And they walked away. And Jesus looked up to the woman and said, where are your accusers? And there were none. 
And with that, he says, uh, go and sin. No, I do not accuse you either. Go and sin no more. So Jesus was then, with the shedding of his blood that would come, was beginning to show the new covenant where mercy is given. Mercy is given. The death that is required, Jesus was there to pay it. He was paying it with his own blood. So justice was met. Jesus paid it. Every sin ever committed in the Bible and in our lives, from Genesis to Revelation, it was paid for on the cross so that God's justice and holiness was preserved, but so was our life because he paid it himself. And now he could let that woman go without breaking his law, without breaking his Old Testament law. He is keeping his word and he is keeping us. Saints, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Saints, we are not this fleshly body. We are spirits. We are a living soul as it says in Genesis. We should see the distinction and God loves us. We were made in his image and his Holy Spirit rest rules and abides right beside us, walking alongside us, walking in a mature spiritual walk with our Heavenly Father. Saints, so saints, let's remember that. Let's let's grow in maturity with our Lord. We are sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But the Lord is patient with us. He is patient and he will smooth out all the rough edges that we have all experienced from sometimes difficult childhoods and difficult life experiences. But he will smooth us out and he will patiently work with us because we are covered in his blood, saints. All right. So, Lord, saints, this was our lesson for this week. Come on back next week as we will continue to look at the holiness of our Heavenly Father. All right. Praise the Lord. See you next week, saints.